0: On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people just like you and me who've had to overcome incredible odds to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Onchando are getting zen on today's second shot sit down. Hello, everybody. So happy to have you here. I'm Jenny Ann and today we are going to be doing a chat around meditation and wellness with the founder of Breathe Meditation and Wellness, Chelsea Charbonneau. And I have to tell you, uh, my journey with meditation started a very, very long time ago in a time where I felt totally isolated in that Nobody got it, nobody understood it. I felt weird for even talking about it. And here we are in 2021, and it feels like more people are jumping on board. So if that's not you, if you're kind of wondering, what the heck is this all about? This is your episode. Welcome in Chelsea Charbonneau. I am so delighted to have you. you here. Thank you so much, I'm so happy to be
1: here, thank you. And you're absolutely right, we are living in a time now where meditation is kind of widely accepted for the first time, I've seen it in my own journey. You're right.
0: Yes, you know, I experienced meditation when I was pretty, I mean, I don't know, young in the realm, but it wasn't like my parents introduced it at age eight, but in my twenties it was a part of a treatment program I was going through and I remember thinking as I left the treatment program, you know, they tell you, okay, this will be a part of your ongoing recovery. And I felt so weird. Like you're in a, a realm where you're at the age of having a roommate and there's other people and you just all of a sudden think, wait, I know that that worked, but now I don't know. You know, then you start to have that self judgment about what did work for you. So I'm, I'm so happy that we are in a place where now, like I can say out loud, my husband and I do a little guided meditation every morning. Um, <laughs> and nobody bats an eye. So I think that, that is definitely a positive thing. Anyway, this, this story and this episode is, is about you and how you came to open this business. So I would love to hear about your journey to learning about meditation and sort of how you encountered it in your own life.
1: Yeah, well, thank you for asking. So kind of similar to you, I've been doing this a really long time. I was meditating as a child and that was kind of a weird thing Um, my father actually did a lot of different relaxation techniques and would share them with me, but it wasn't until I was in finance after college and had, um, some health issues come up and one of my doctors said, you need to try yoga, you need to try meditation. And so that's kind of how this entire process started. And I went into it just looking to get a little relief from some of the physical and mental things I was dealing with in the world of finance and would have never expected the transformation that it had on my health. And so when I started seeing that and noticing meditating every day has this effect on my mind, doing yoga every day has this effect on my body, Then I started realizing, okay, this is something that I may want to actually do for a living or share with people. It transformed and changed my life in such a profound way. I have to share this with other people. And that was about 15 years ago. And since then, I've just traveled the world and studied with really, really great. meditation and yoga experts everyone from Pema Chandran, who's written a lot of books she's a Buddhist um, nun some may know her as a monk and um, studied with even the more kind of Western meditation teachers that do mindful mindful self compassion things like that so the journey has kind of been a natural evolution you uh-huh. could say and it's led me to now this is the third studio I've opened and for the first time I think since I started this journey meditation like we were saying is now something that is no longer just a buzzword or something reserved for Buddhist monks or for people who go off into the Himalayas it's now a part of our kind of daily routine and wellness package
0: so Chelsea I have more questions about your father he tell me about him and how it came to be that you were raised with a father who thought about doing breathing practices or meditative practices with his daughter?
1: I honestly don't know. This was something he was just really attuned to naturally. He was a very religious man and he had a lot of meditative components about him. And I don't think back then as a child even he realized he was doing meditation techniques. I didn't realize that I was doing meditation until I started getting trained in various modalities. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been doing this since I was a child. We didn't call it meditation as a child. We just called it relaxation or tips to fall asleep or things like that. It wasn't, it wasn't like it is now where there's a title and a name for everything.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, we have a three and a half year old and so sometimes we'll do with her when she's getting upset, she knows about her deep breaths. And so mm-hmm. she'll do yeah. she'll do three and it helps with their counting and it helps with their getting calmed down. So I'd be curious to learn, you know, more techniques for her as she gets a little bit older. So let's talk about for for the person who is just like, Okay, Jenny, I'm barely hanging on to what you're saying because this is so outside the realm of comfortability. How would somebody get started with a meditation practice if they want to?
1: So It's always easiest to get started when you've got a guide and a lot of people are starting with the apps which Those are easy, but still when you're at home and you're trying to start a practice, you've got distractions, you've got children, you've got animals, you've got the phone, you've got the computer. It's a lot harder, which is why I always envisioned having a place where people can come and do it. But if you can, an app is great, but definitely starting with a teacher because one thing that we notice, and this is my favorite part, when people are really scared about meditating, they're not quite sure. When they see a 30-minute class, they think, no way can I do it. 100% of the time, this is what they say, that was 30 minutes. I felt like we were just getting started. And so it's really different when you're in person, you've got somebody who knows how to structure a class, how to guide you, how to get you very present in the moment. So meditation can be very overwhelming, but you know, the name of our studio was Breathe. It really does start with the breath because that is the one thing that is constant that we have control over at any given moment. It's kind of our tool that's always available in our tool bag and so learning how to breathe learning how to be present learning how to use your senses and become completely aware of the present moment actually takes a long time to set up and then when you have the tools when you know how to properly get prepared to sit and meditate the meditation part is easy
0: oh i think oh, a lot of really? people <laughs> yeah and I how does people, one <laughs> let's talk about that chelsea how does How does one meditate? Uh, You know, because I know it's more than having like a cute little poof pillow. Can you explain (laughs) how somebody would go about doing this if they did not have access to your studio?
1: Yeah, so I would start just by sitting and becoming aware of all the human conditions we have. Um, becoming aware of all of your senses. What do you hear? What do you see? What do you taste? What do you smell? What do you feel? What is the temperature of the air? Most of us are living upstairs. We're not really embodied. And that integration between the brain and the body is really what brings a sense of presence. And so if you are at home and you're wanting to start a practice, simply noticing your five senses becoming aware of the room you're in, and then beginning to notice your breath without judgment. And just like with anything that we do, there's gotta be some element of study. So studying on what meditation is versus what it isn't, studying about the breath, how many breaths should we be taking per minute versus the average American. So
0: And what is that? How many breaths should we be taking?
1: Science says we should be taking about eight to 12 breaths per minute. I would say maybe six breaths per minute. It makes a big difference. Most people are averaging about anywhere from 30 to 65. And we wonder why everything seems very chaotic, very fast. We've lost our ability to be embodied and be present. And the breath is that link between the mind and the body. It really helps us integrate with life and everything around us. but. We're really concerned about what's going on in the future, what's happened in the past, what's next on the to-do list, that we're not very seldom are we ever right here right now.
0: Okay. Are you talking about like six breaths during meditation or during always?
1: Always. So the idea Uh behind meditation, (laughs) the idea behind meditation is that at some point in our life, we can stop the practice and we can become the practice. We are meditation, we don't do meditation. And that is a very advanced way down the road. But for me, meditation changed my life in the sense that I became very present, I became very aware, it altered everything. I moved from LA um, about four and a half years ago. And, very few people have a dishwasher and so everything became a meditation when i would do the dishes at the end of the night we can become very aware of that moment so noticing the smell of the dish soap noticing the texture of the sponge or the temperature of the water and then we take it beyond just the external world around us we become very in tune with what's going on in our body so once again bringing it back to breath Am I aware of my breath? Am I breathing in through my nose or my mouth? How am I in my physical body? Which is kind of why yoga and meditation have always gone hand in hand. Yoga was actually created for people to be able to sit in a comfortable position, for an extended period of time. And so if you're standing at the kitchen cooking, doing dishes, are you aware of your posture? Are you aware of how much weight is in one foot versus the other? Can you find a relaxed shoulder and an ease in the neck or a softness of the face? So everything becomes a med- a meditation basically, a moving meditation and you're living life as though you've got that very intimate connection with everything and everyone. And it makes it a lot, a lot more special.
0: Chelsea, what is the goal of meditation?
1: Well, it depends on which meditation technique you're talking about mindfulness it's to become aware and present in the moment if you're talking about vipassana which is kind of what most people think meditation is that's a style where you are seated for extended periods of time every single day and you study a specific kind of dharma and that one would be ultimate enlightenment um some is to uproot the suffering our suffering that we have on a daily basis kind of eradicate the pain Um, It just depends on what the style and technique is. And that is a very loaded question. So we do um, meditation teacher trainings, and that is the very first thing because most people can't even define meditation. And so that's how I always start off the trainings is what is meditation? And we've kind of got this idea or this picture or this image. It is us seated in perfect peace and in perfect harmony. Um, But it's definitely way more vast than that.
0: So let's talk about, say, your average person. Like, I'll use Heath and I, for example. We do a 10, maybe 15 minute guided meditation in the morning. And then at seven o'clock sharp, our dog runs in, our daughter runs in, she busts in the door. She's usually on a scooter or a bike or something crazy. And like, the vigor of the day begins. So how would you go from being those people who have their little 10 minute chunk and then they lean right into the chaos to becoming somebody who is experiencing a moving meditation all day long?
1: So I would start off small. I'm a really big reader and learning kind of the philosophy behind meditation or starting off with books like The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle things like that mm-hmm. will really help kind of shift your mindset whatever we give attention to that is going to grow whatever we really want to learn or do that's where the energy will foster so if you're wanting to find that kind of or bridge that gap between I sit for 10 minutes every morning with my husband and then the rest of the day is chaotic trust me you're still having a way better day than if you did didn't do the 10 minutes of meditation in <laughs> the morning. Um, but if you're wanting to bridge that gap, beginning to just study a little bit, read, take workshops, little trainings. Right now it's so great. So many things are offered virtually now that weren't before. So even doing a little weekend, two hour workshop here or there so that you can understand the kind of concept behind a meditation lifestyle.
0: This segment, this show, this product that we do is called Second Shot because we, my husband and I, are fascinated by seeing people transform their own lives. Um, There's just kind of like a couple of options in the world. You can just take what you have and roll with it, or you can sort of give yourself that second shot one time or a million times over. And it sounds like meditation for you really was a second shot. So I would love to hear about how it transformed your life from perhaps what I'm, I mean, I'm assuming it was a chaotic finance world to your world. Now, I would love to hear that story.
1: It turned my life upside down. I feel for the first time after finding meditation that I'm actually living. Whereas before I was just trying to survive, trying to get by, trying to get another day down. Um, I started living uh, my purpose and my path and my passions, having less fears and more love and, a different experience with myself and showing up in the world differently and being able to stand in my truth. And I think a lot of people have so many fears because they're not connected to themselves and they haven't done kind of the deeper dive inside that they show up in life that way. And so for me, meditation transformed everything. It was never difficult for me to say no or to speak my truth or to honor what I knew I needed. Whereas before I was definitely kind of that people pleaser, worked all the time, did whatever anybody needed, never wanted to kind of disrupt anything. And now I can see the balance and the harmony and everything and show up in a different way. And everything has a vibration and an energy to it. And that old version of me was always coming in from a place of lack or fear or um, I should do this, those kind of things. And all of that has really disappeared. And a part of having a mindfulness practice and mindfulness is kind of where we're all starting right now in the West. One of those foundations or attitudes that we have is trust. And I think we've kind of lost our ability to trust or have faith in kind of a bigger picture outside of what's right in front of us right here, right now. And so for me, meditation changed everything. Every relationship has been a lot sweeter and more respectful. Every job situation has been something with integrity and morals and ethics and everything that I've really decided to do. I mean, down to my laundry detergent, I've thought about it and I have the mental space and capacity to make these daily small changes and turn them into habits i mean i was definitely the whiskey drinking cigarette smoking very unhealthy (laughs) very unhealthy person before and that's not my lifestyle anymore
0: and so did you come to that place based on being more present and being more aware and actually thinking about the whiskey or the cigarette, and do you think something like this can be a cure for, and I'm not putting in your place that you were an an addict at all, but it it came to mind. You know, um, do you think that this type of practice can help somebody who's struggling with vices in general?
1: Absolutely. There's a really good book and too bad it's on my nightstand. I forget the name of it. I
0: just, (laughs) I just ordered
1: it and started. It's written by a doctor and she was talking about how she gave up something every single day for a month last year and the transformation it had on her. But one of the things she noticed was when she gave up drinking, she was more aware of her body. So it made a difference in the way she ate and she specifically used Mexican food. If she was drinking margaritas, she would not be so aware of how she felt when she was eating chips and queso and salsa and might eat a lot more I kind of view that the same way with meditation it wasn't that I ever thought I would quit drinking or get get off pharmaceutical pills or anything like that that was never my intention I never but what happened was as I be as I developed a deeper awareness of myself and finally started living in my body things didn't feel good that I wasn't aware of before. I didn't feel good. If I drank three or four drinks in a night, I didn't feel good if I ate certain things. And so these were just, this was kind of the natural progression and things just started changing that way. I was able to, in present time, check in with myself. Does this feel good? Does this not feel good? Do I feel like this is good for me? Or do I feel like this is not good for me? What effect does this have the next morning when I wake up on my workout? What does this have? What kind of effect does it have in my relationships or my energy level or my mental space? And so meditation is really an opportunity to observe. And we don't really give ourselves that time to do that, to sit and do nothing. We always feel that we have to produce, that we have to be productive, that we have to do more more more. But my life has grown so much more in the ability to just sit and observe and watch and have that big picture perspective. And it's really counterintuitive. I mean, I am a recovering A-type through and through. Right. So if somebody would have told my old version of this, which they did many times, try and sit there and do nothing a for a letter word would have come to mind over
0: that <laughs> well it's true chelsea i was going to ask you about that because again we referenced off the beginning and it's just that visual that comes to mind it's the monks when you think of meditation and then there's there's chelsea who's the businesswoman now and and those things i, I would i would like to know how you Come into alignment with those things, because operating a business means making tough asks. It means sometimes pu- pushing yourself. It means hiring people and dealing with contractors. There's, just, there's so many things that go into owning and operating a business. And, and, then, and then there's the people who meditate. And sometimes we don't think about them as being the same people. So can you explain how you're able to come into alignment with both of those?
1: Yeah. Just like everything in life, it, it really is a practice and we have to give ourselves some grace and understanding and be compassionate with ourselves. It is definitely a lot easier to just be a meditation teacher. And honestly, I, after the second studio, I said I was never going to do it again <laughs> until Jen came into my life and it's hard, but that to me is kind of a part of the, the next evolution in my personal practice. How can I still practice what I preach show up evolve meditation is an evolution process we are never the same people we were when we started so i kind of view it just as another playground experiment how can i still incorporate these principles and these practices as a business person and how can the idea of even being a business owner evolve Why do we feel the need to be on all the time and tethered this year? um, I started a new thing, and this is probably going to make some business owners cringe. But I am taking two days off a month where I turn off my cell phone completely. I just did it this um, past Monday, and I'll just kind of show you. It says, I'm not good at this, no, so I can see it. Um, And everybody knows I've got about 45 people that work for me. And I know that they probably felt uncomfortable when I told them at the start of the year, hey, 2021, I'm taking a different self-care practice and I'm unplugging from technology. It's not healthy for me and I can only speak for myself. And once again, going back to that truth, but what started happening and we're only 20 days into the year is, all of my teachers and a lot of my students and old students that I've had are saying, Oh my gosh, Chelsea is not doing this. And I tried it and this is the best I have felt. And I've got students with, you know, 10 to 50,000 followers posting it on their social media. And to me, that's kind of the fun part of when we sure. take control of your life, we can make any rule we want. Most of us just tend to kind of keep following what's already in existence where when When I sit and meditate, I'm opening myself up to possibility. And so it's been nice to see people say, thank you for doing this because it gave me permission to turn off my phone, even though I could only do it for 12 hours. Sure, This is the most rested I have felt. So I am using the practice every single day to continually evolve as a human and as a business owner.
0: So then here's the question, Chelsea. What do you do when during that time, the power goes out at the studio, or you find out, you know, what rents do, and we, you know, don't have the membership fees, or, you know, whatever these things are that business owners deal with. What do you do when that lands on that day? So,
1: if and when it does, life happens. And I know that every day I'm doing the best that I can. And I have a lot set up in place and in motion so that no emergencies do happen. But if they do, I'm very fortunate. I have a business partner and they can turn to her. And, um, I think trusting once again, going back to trust that everything is happening is exactly how it's supposed to. If I lived in that kind of vibration or that place of fear, what if, what if, what if if, I'm not going to make, these decisions in my life something is always going to happen and you know we opened our studio four weeks before a global pandemic trust me we would not have done it if we would have known this (laughs) Um, but what if you can't predict things but I know that if I am NOT living my best life and doing what I need to do to be the healthiest version of myself that the rest of the days aren't gonna matter that what if day should not impact the rest of all my days. I can set up everything into place, but realizing some things are out of our control, I do everything in my power to make sure everything runs smooth and perfect. Of course. And, you know, but there, there might be something like a global pandemic that pops up. Chelsea, <laughs> <Just, laughs> I, I would, don't know if you, yeah,
0: go I would, ahead. I would just love to hear your words of wisdom for people like my colleagues and I, or for anybody who's watching or listening who works for somebody, right? Who's expected to be at a workplace for 40 hours a week, um, but still wants to lean into that idea of disconnecting and maybe trying to have more of a meditative day every once in a while. What would be your suggestion for somebody who wants to get started? Maybe they can't sacrifice two full days a month or, or indulge in two full days a month, but how would we start out in maybe a mini version?
1: So finding what you really need. What do you need, what do you want? And it's interesting, most people all want the same thing. We're all human beings. We all do want things to be in flow and be at peace and healthy and happy. And what I think we're starting to realize is when one person is, then it kind of has that ripple effect. And I know with a lot of companies, I worked um, at a doctor's office for about eight years in Beverly Hills, so I worked for somebody 40 hours a week. But what I really learned from him was if I was happy, he was happy, his patients were happy, and he really allowed a lot of freedom um, there. So if I needed to take a month off to go study in Asia, that was fine, that was okay, but for those working in your studio and those working for other people, I would start off small and ask yourself, what do I need? If you do want to unplug, you know, in the psychology world, we call it boundaries in this world, we call it, you know, listening and honoring our truth. So what do you need? If you want to digitally detox, when would be the best time to do it maybe it is on the weekend when you're not on the nine to five hours monday through friday maybe you can start off small take a 12-hour break maybe take a six hour break or go to the park without your cell phone this is a big step for us as well as it is the people in our life so definitely starting off small or maybe it's just sitting a little bit longer if you've been doing 10 minutes maybe try 15 minutes twice a day yeah and creating that space but every person needs something different i know a lot of people like to swim in the summers here and so that can be your meditation and instead of taking your phone with you to the pool that is your time to be with yourself swimming or if you're walking your dogs no no cell phone on one dog walk a day those kind of small habits have really profound effects
0: chelsea it has been so wonderful to be able to chat with you and learn from you and I know that this episode will be impactful for people because she has a whole studio and actually uh, Ron my co-host and I are coming to it tomorrow to Yay! try it out which will be really fun it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring our chaos to you and hopefully come back then um <laughs> so that's gonna be really fun but share with everybody how they can find you if they happen to be in the Metroplex how they can find your studio et etc.
1: Wonderful. We've got a website, uh, breathemeditationandwellness.com. Our Instagram and Facebook is the same, breathemeditationandwellness.com. We're located across from the Whole Foods in Highland Park off Lemon Avenue. And for those that aren't local, we do have virtual classes weekly, and we've got a virtual meditation platform with a library of meditation videos and um, self-help stuff.
0: We're so excited to come in, Chelsea Charbonneau. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, and thank I will chat so with you fun. soon. You too. Bye. Bye bye. All right, you guys. I hope that that just gives you another perspective, another second shot, just even a starting off point. Whether you do like Heath and I do the ten minutes in the morning, maybe we'll try to extend ourselves to fifteen a couple times a day, or you know try one of those practices. I've just I've I've seen even the small amount that we do transform both of our lives. And I can only imagine, you know, if, if we were able to focus in and dedicate ourselves a little bit more, how much more that could do. So you can find us at SecondShotPodcast.com and always every Thursday on CW33. We'll talk to you soon.